With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yo, Nacho in the box. We're about to do this Nacho Average Super Bowl week. You know, we're about to talk about Super Bowl. We talk about all kinds of shit. Everybody got hired, no more no more jobs. So there ain't nothing to talk about. Who could be hired, what could be hired, where could be hired. We could talk about, uh, you know, all the other stuff having to do with the game. <clears throat> who we like and uh, who we think is going to win and why. Well, you know what's first. Forget about tomorrow. Time for us to start winning is now. 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 They don't like us, we don't like them. Nothing wrong with that, right? At the end of the day, it's the same three things you've had to do in 35 that you got to do now in 2018. I do not see no holes on this squad. you got to run the ball. Barkley off the left side. Here he goes. Look at the speed. Oh, my goodness. Got to stop the run. Tyreek Hill lines up in the backfield. The ball pops free, and it's recovered by Harrison. A snack for David Harrison early. 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 And you got to pressure the passer. Wentang's in, holds it down. Down he goes. And an early sack by Olivier Vernon. 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 Two kinds of players in this league, folks. There are guys that play professional football, and there are professional football players. And the professional football players are the guys we want. I don't want guys that want to win. I want guys that hate to lose. Hate to lose. Odell Beckham Jr. down the sideline for the touchdown. Giants fans, you are now listening to the hottest show on the planet, The Shakedown. Here to give you everything you need to know on your New York football giants are Black Friday. Black Friday. Welcome to the New York football giants, Saquon Barkley, a.k.a. the Golden Child. <laughs> Eve of Tony. Do you know who Alec Ogletree is? Like, I'm asking you for real. Really? Not me, but do you know who he is? J-Rock, J-Rock, J-Rock. You're saying we're going 16 and 0, huh? 16 and 0, bro. How dare you say anything worse? <laughs> How dare you? Out your mind. You know you just got to the Messiah. Obi, the one and only, Shake Montana. Now, if that man was a prospect like a Peyton Manning or a Joe Montana, like I've been saying the whole fucking time, you don't pass up on this talent. You don't do it. You don't do it. Now here is your host, Shakes Montana. Here we go. How y'all doing today? You know what this is. We're going to talk some Super Bowl. We're going to talk uh, 
some things around the NFL. So as we get into it, let's just go ahead and start this off um, with, give me one second here, get this correct. So let's see here. All right, so as we get this, um, let me block these up here. As we get today started, we're going to go over uh, the stuff that happened in the last week. You probably already know, but uh, New Orleans Saints hire a new head coach after Sean Payton steps down. He is Dennis Allen, the former Saints defensive uh, coordinator. Uh, Houston Texans hire Lovey Smith their former Texans defensive coordinator, as well as Jacksonville Jaguars hire former head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson. Miami hires Mike McDaniel, 49ers defensive coordinator. The Vikings have hired Kevin O'Connell, the Rams former offensive coordinator. The New York Giants, of course, we all know, have hired Bill O'Brien's uh, Bill O'Brien, the Bills' former offensive coordinator. The Vegas Raiders just hired Josh McDaniels, the Patriots' offensive coordinator, and Matt Eberflus from the Colts' D.C. making his way over to Chicago. And last but not least, I believe – oh, no, no, yes. Last but not least, I believe uh, new head coaching hire Nathaniel Hackett from the Packers' offensive coordinating position to Denver head coaching position. Um, as we discussed today, we going to talk about – you know the the cool, the cool, cool, cool thing that is. Give me one second here. The Super Bowl. Um, the Super Bowls this week. Uh, the participants are the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we are getting into uh, who we think could win, why, when, how, you know, things of that nature. Um, we'll also get into the new hires, and if uh, anybody does want to show up and get to talking, we will get into. Um, We'll get into some uh, uh, other talks as well uh, with the, uh, what is it, Pro Days and the, what's the other thing coming up? I always forget what it's called. The Combine, there it is. Uh, Sorry for drawing a blank there. Uh, But, yeah, we get the uh, Combine coming around the corner here as well as Pro Days and that nature before we get into uh, the NFL draft coming up in April. All right, let's see here. Now, as as we all know, um, the 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 Pro Bowl happened over the weekend. Uh, again, there's not much to talk about that. That is just a a a, a fun event, I guess, for the fans. That's not really fun. It, not really much to talk about, uh, not really competitive, and just not a lot going on there. So, as you know, we can move on from that. There, the cool thing about that, the skills competition uh, and things of that nature, those things can uh, definitely probably stay and become uh, more of a uh, more of a let's say you know fanfare oriented uh, end of the year. Um, get a lot of these guys who compete, maybe give them some checks, whatever. But the weekend it was boring. Uh, it is what it is. That is the NFL Pro Bowl weekend. Um, had some fun watching uh, some of the other things that went on. You know, the 
the you know trying to get the ball into the little circles with behind the DBs and stuff like that. That was fun. And Coda Wadra Russell Wilson uh, did his thing out there. Um, and then of course uh, the Pro Bowl, boring, and it's over. Uh, as we move on though, this weekend Sunday, six thirty Eastern time on NBC, uh, Los Angeles Rams host the Cincinnati Bengals in their own SoFi Stadium. However, they are the away team. So technically it will be Cincinnati hosting the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium. Um, For all semantical purposes, that is the way you would word it. That is how you would say it. But uh, anyways, SoFi, Los Angeles is home. Uh, Second year in a row, the NFL will have a team playing in their home stadium in the NFL Super Bowl. Um, Nash Stafford and them boys trying to uh, repeat history and, and win uh, in their home stadium, uh, as much as it may not be a home field advantage when they do play sometimes, uh, it is the Los Angeles Rams home, as well as the Chargers, who I believe rent it uh, from whatever. If I, I'm not totally 100% sure on that. Anyways, um, anyways, here we go. Bengals, um, hosts in the Rams, uh, how we got here, Bengals, um on the or at home against uh, Oakland to start the wild card weekend off, uh, get that victory, uh, go into divisional round, take nine sacks from the number one team in Tennessee Titans, getting back Derrick Henry, win that game, uh, go down 18 on the road in Kansas City, win that game from a great defensive effort in the second half, Joe Burrow pulling it out, uh, doing his thing, um, like we've been seeing him do all year, uh, and then of course. Um, Matthew Stafford and them boys, wild card victory against the Cardinals. Uh, and then, of course, in the divisional round, uh, going up against, I believe, they went up against, make sure I get this correct here. Um, sorry. Hold on second. Yeah, yeah, uh, going up against the Bucks. That was the 27-3 um, going into, I believe, the like some part of the third quarter, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me check it out here. Yes, yes, 27 to three end of the third quarter in that game. Uh, Tampa Bay tries to come back. Matthew Stafford, heroic uh, last drive, you know, into field goal range pass to Cooper Cup uh, on a on a blown Bucks defense. Uh, after that, of course, they go to. Um, they go home. They host a division rival, San Francisco 49ers, get the victory again with the late-game heroics from Matthew Stafford, um, doing what they got to do um, in that game. Let me get to – sorry. Yeah, it was a, 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 a very close game. Matthew Stafford and them boys outscoring the Niners in the fourth quarter. Get that victory, uh, 20 to 17. Matthew Stafford, 17 years or 13 years in the league, uh, number one overall pick, taking 13 years to get to a Super Bowl, the longest tenured career to do that. Other side of the football, Joe Burrow, two years, number one overall pick, the shortest tenured career to make it to the Super Bowl. We will see who comes out victorious this Sunday, um, and and exactly what's going to happen. Uh, is yet to be seen, but we like to have fun. We like to think uh, we may know some things, so we'll, we will talk about um, exactly 
Sorry, I'm all I'm all sorts today. Give me one second here, fellas, ladies, gentlemen. Um, here we go. Back to this. Back to that. Boom. So yeah, as we get into it, uh, there's big things, um, players. Um, as you know, this matchup gets underway. I think the biggest thing. Um, that everyone's going to be pointing to is the trenches of the Cincinnati Bengals offense battling against that front four, sometimes five, if they want to add pressure uh, with the Los Angeles Rams, with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller. Um, who else is over there? They got a bunch of players over there. So um, that defensive line is stacked. It is definitely uh, something that we're going to see two um, – we're going to see a a team that loves to to just rush for, I think, be able to get pressure. Um, the problem with that is Joe Burrow is aware of that. Um, that offense and the way they go about their business is aware of the inefficiencies of their offensive line. And we can we've noticed in the Tennessee Titan game they were able to overcome those issues: nine sacks, um, late game heroics. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, Uzama and them boys, I guess, or Uzama ripping off the uh, the leg brace there, uh, saying he's back for the Super Bowl, get a big pop there uh, out of the Cincinnati people. So um, it's going to be one of those things that you look forward to um, as you move to uh, look towards this game. I think this is one of the things that uh, we're going to see. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals defense is is that. They are good. They are a trustworthy defense and can get the job done. Um, the, the the issue with oops, sorry, grabbing a water there probably got loud. Um, at, at the issue I think we see here um, is that there is none. Uh, this will be a, a pretty good matchup again for the Cincinnati Bengals defense who have been up to the task, and we'll see how they can take care of the multitude of weapons and how Sean McVay likes to utilize them um, moving forward. O, o, OBJ. Uh, Sony Michelle, Akers, uh, Higby if he's healthy and back, and and those guys like that, uh, Clemente is I think that's the name or whatever his name is that came in in the championship game after everyone was injured. Uh, so look, they 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 have a a stacked offense, and of course when you have an offensive mind like Sean McVay, it's going to be um, that team getting it done. Uh, just one second. So, I think we have J-Rock. Is that J-Rock on the line with us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we were just talking, and I was just talking out loud about this Super Bowl matchup got going on. Um, we will just cover this just for a little bit. Uh, since it's just me and you, um, I'm pretty much going to uh, let you have the floor. How do you feel about this game? Is it going to be a fun game to watch? What do you think? And and who are you thinking is going to win this Super Bowl matchup coming up Sunday, 6.30 on NBC? Well, I'm hoping it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, I hope it's not a blowout. But I want, to be, I, want to be, I want to see some competitive football. That's what we spend all this time watching. For this day, Super Bowl Sunday, People who don't watch football all year watch. So, I think the Rams are going to win, man. 
and 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 just because of what you said about the the trenches, man, I don't think the Bengals' offensive line can hold up against this front four of the Rams. Um, plus, I don't think their secondary can the Bengals' secondary can guard the weapons of who they got. They got Odell, they got Cooper Cup, Jefferson. I, I just don't see it happen. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like you said it's a good matchup. I don't know. I don't see a good matchup. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't see a good matchup. But I hope it's competitive, though. I hope I'm wrong. I think the Rams gonna pull it out. Sorry about that. I had myself muted there. Um, yeah, I, I you got me now. Can you hear me? Making sure. Yeah. I hear you. Oh, perfect. perfect. So, so look, yeah, I, I have the same sentiment you have, uh, except for I do think the Bengals pull this out, and the only reason I think that is because of Joe Burrow. Um, I think we've seen it throughout this entire playoff and, and throughout the year. I think mostly, um, but the, the the emphasis is on uh, the playoffs, and I think. Look, we, we, we talk about, you know, the it factor or we talk about just having that thing and, and in certain spots guys just have it and, and Joe Burrow just seems to be that guy. For whatever reason it may be, he just is able to get out of whatever situation that offensive line puts him into. So um, I think what we're watching here is, you know, we talk about a Joe Montana or, you know, you can even go back and say maybe even a Terry Bradshaw or someone, you know, like a Troy Aikman or maybe even a Steve Young, even though it was just one one Super Bowl for Steve Young. But the ability to put the team on your back, take them down the field, do that sort of thing. And, and when we talk about it, usually it's something we see – in a young person because I think once you get, once we've seen these older guys play, we kind of know they can, some of them can do it. Some of them can consistently do it. And I think the issue is to me, it's not as if this quarterback is not clutch or that quarterback is not clutch or this quarterback is uh, more clutch than the other one. I think what one side note that gets lost in all of that is in order for you to be clutches, you had to have played crappy for at least three quarters because you're down to be clutches to be down. And if you're, if you're down an entire game and you're not winning until the final minute or the final ticker, I I don't know how much of a, 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 you know, that's what's so weird about the clutch gene to me or just being clutches. It disregards 55 minutes of gameplay because of the end results. Where we've seen guys who are at the quarterback position just are able to win games regardless. They go out, they're in the right spot, they're in the right offense. They know that offense knows what to do. They put up points, they win games. And then we see them get into the playoffs where things get to a problem and they can't function like they're supposed to. 
Maybe a Ryan Tannehill falls into that. Maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo falls into that. So you, you just you wonder about it. But say all that to get back to this game and these two quarterbacks is, one, I think in Matthew Stafford is that guy who is a bit, who is able to go out and lead a team from the first whistle to the last whistle and get a victory while routing a team, as well as we've seen him spend multiple, multiple weeks at the top of, of, of you know, interception lists. He had, what, four or five pick six throughout the year. And that ability to brush that off, come back, I mean, look, he – he threw a plain, blatant interception to lose the NFC Championship game, and Jakorski Tart drops it. The next play is a pass play, and he completes it for a first down. So, like, he, to, to be able to do that, you got to have some cojones. Matthew Stafford needed a team around him. But if, I think – Is the game over? No, no, no. Hey, that's the same thing. That's the same thing as the Des Bryant catch. Hey, was it a catch or was it not a catch? Look, man, if he catches it and they get that touchdown, there's still four minutes left with Aaron Rodgers. So, look, Dracarski Tart, if he catches that interception, is the game over? I believe they are What are, are they are tied at that point, right, 17-17. So, if I'm not mistaken, that play is the 17-17. They get the ball back, and then – they're able to drive, or was it? I'm gonna have to look that up now because that is an interesting, that is an interesting point you bring up, and it is an interesting one. Again, time's on the clock, no matter what happens. Um, but the way that 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 it does, you know, portray. And again, look at San Francisco scored zero points throughout the entire fourth quarter, so we're not gonna blame the entirety of this loss on Jaworski Tart missing an interception. Um, that hit him in the chest. Let's not forget Jalen Ramsey dropped two that would have, quote-unquote, ended the game or, been, you know, very, very um, not controversial, but would have been, you know, integral into the game uh, moving forward. So, look, I I am getting to these. There we go. We're at the play-by-play now. I'm bringing it up on the computer because it's just a little bit easier. Bring it down here. Boom. Okay, so Jimmy G does throw an interception, um, but here's how this one <laughs> I think this is the drive right here. Let me find it right here. Yeah, so... Okay, so this is an interesting topic, and I think this is an interesting topic because of the fact that these gentlemen have the ball with, it looks like this is the play right here. It's going to be a a deep pass to Van Jefferson, um, correct? Mm-hmm. And then that's mm-hmm. the one that spokes down the middle. No huddle shotgun, first and ten. At the San Francisco 25 with 8.24 left in the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. And it was 17 to 14 at this time. So this is the drive that, this is the drive that subsequently ties the game for Los Angeles. So it doesn't, it, it, again, you're right. And, sorry. Give me one second. 
because it's 17-14 and they throw an interception and they think that the, the Niners are going to be able to run the ball out. Well, the Rams, whether you want to call it momentum killing, they go on a 63-yard drive, get the three points by the game. San Francisco punched the ball. The Rams get it back. They march down the field, go up 20-17, to and then the Niners throw an interception. So it's like before that, Niner punt. You get what I'm saying? That was all their possessions in the fourth quarter. Punt, punt, interception. So I'm not one of the proponent that's going to sit here and say that that interception ends the game because we have to believe that maybe Debo Samuel carries that team. Maybe he does it again. But they got to go on an eight-minute drive and get a touchdown, which they were unable to sustain drives and get touchdowns that whole game just consistently. So I don't believe that they go down there getting pull an eight-minute drive in this context out of their ass, get a touchdown, be up 10 points, and then now you give a minute or less for L.A. to go down and the game's over. I don't see that happening. So, And then, of course, we look at L.A.'s possessions in the fourth quarter. They are field goal, field goal, and the game off that, you know, and before that it's a touchdown. I woke up with so much more energy. So you ran all the way from New York to the Super Bowl? I saw lemonade! <laughs> I did not realize that would happen. Sorry about that. Um, my computer was playing through the speaker, so that's Anyways, we'll turn that off. Sorry about that. Um, as, as I look at the game, though, but yeah. So, so anyways, here nor there, uh, but that, that doesn't end the game. You're correct. I believe you. I think we're at that situation. But Matthew Stafford, again, regardless if that's the, the – let's say that is three minutes left, two minutes left. Let's play with, you know, the way the game's going. You know, it's two minutes left in the game, two and a half. That interception could be his last throw of the season if he catches it. So, again – when you have been downtrodden with the Detroit Lions for 13 years and then you come into this, nobody thinks anything other than what they saw from the Detroit Lions and not from you. And I think as a Green Bay Packer fan, watching Matthew Stafford two times a year and the way he played and watching that team because of investment of being in the division, making sure they weren't winning games, he's a good player and he's very good at being a quarterback in the NFL. And, You can sorry about that. You can look at the way he played and how he went about his business and the way he dislocated his shoulder and popped it back into place, ran back out there through a game winning touchdown and you know, celebrated and, and went on with his day. And I don't think he missed the game after that. So th- those things th- those things bring out the best in you, um, when you have to deal with something like Detroit. Um, and then of course the wild factor that you get to traded from Detroit to the Los Angeles Rams, and a lot of people believe that Detroit won that trade. 
because of getting a young talent in Jared Goff, getting the multiple picks uh, and things of that nature. Um, but, look, we, here we are in Los Angeles in the Super Bowl. Okay, say all that to say this about the quarterback position. We got two guys here um, that I think are guys. Um, and and I don't think that any amount of coaching Zach Taylor or Sean McVay can do is going to be able to stop Joe Burrow. And I think that's just the way it is. Um, that's just me. I think this is a very close game. But you know, with, with the Detroit, with the Detroit trade, mm. I don't think they won the trade, but I don't think they lost either. Because they can, they can still go out and get a, a quarterback. I mean, if you watch the Detroit Lions this year, they they played some competitive games. It wasn't like they was getting blown the frick out every game. They were they were they were pretty competitive. They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback, and they they need some some weapons here and there. But I think they can be competitive, man. They can be competitive. They were competitive, and look, the 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 end of the year, the way they played against Green Bay in Week 18, the way they played against multiple teams. I mean, it takes the longest kick in NFL history of 66 yards and a phantom no call for a delay of game for the Ravens to beat them. You get what I'm saying? So it's like it's not as if um, they were out there getting mollywhopped. I believe they were they were amazing against the spread this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they weren't a bad team. So it's like, look, th- that team is that team that they are. They have got some curses and some things to get over. Um, but Matthew Stafford was never has been was or is the reason why the Detroit Lions are winning. Uh, we're seeing that now as he leads the Los Angeles Rams to the Super Bowl. Um, the other side of the football getting into that Cincinnati Bengals team, um, man, how does it feel? How, how must you – let me ask this the better way, the best way I can ask. How would you feel seeing your team draft a guy like Burrow but knowing that the reason they did it was because of how bad they were, right? And then, of course, you get the first year with them. They don't address the offensive line. You lose again. You get another top five pick in the draft. You think this is, you know, a trend-setting thing. And then he comes out this year with Taylor, with with the offense, with Mixon, and, and they go get Chase instead of the O-line, and now you're in the Super Bowl. If you're a Bengals fan, the question at hand, is this a flash in the pan, or you, if you're a Bengals fan, look at this team and say, this is a team that will probably be here again. And I say that because that Bengals team with Andy Dalton, they were not pushovers. They won the division a few times. They just never got over the hump in the playoffs. So this isn't a team of, you know, downtrodden number one, number two picks like the Browns for the last decade. They've had some winning, just not in the playoffs. So as a Bengals fan, if you were, sorry for the long-winded question, but do you feel like this Bengals team is raring to go and become a, I don't want to say dynasty, but a, a staple franchise in the AFC competing for AFC championships? So, yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the year, you wasn't, if you're a Bengals fan, you're not, you're not saying that because you don't know. Your quarterback gets hurt and he's out for the year last year. And 
You go out and you think you're getting offensive linemen to shore up the line so your quarterback doesn't get hurt, and you go out and get a wide receiver, and you're like, damn, well, you know, what direction are they going in? So in the beginning of the year, yeah, you're like, oh, man, we're going to go another 4-12 and 12 or 4-13. and 13. You don't know. But then Joe Burrow starts playing good. They start winning games, and you're like, oh, shit. We might be doing something right here. We might be making the playoffs. And they make the playoffs. And you're like, oh, shit, I hope we win the game. Then they win a game. Then they win another game. And <clears throat> win games in overtime shit. So, hell, yeah. If I'm a Bengals fan, I'm excited as hell. Especially this is your rookie quarterback's second year, and he's already taken taking the team to the Super Bowl. Hell, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting more next year. I want this to continue and be consistent. Exactly. And look, this is this is a team that starts the year off. Minnesota gets the three point W and promptly loses to Chicago in week two. Comes out, division rival. What do you do? You beat them by fourteen points. So they go out in Pittsburgh, de- defeat Pittsburgh Steelers by fourteen. Then they go to Jacksonville, get that W. Then of course it takes an overtime bad kicking game in Green Bay. They lose that one. They beat Detroit soundly. They go and mollywop the Ravens, forty-one to seventeen. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I don't believe. I believe Lamar played that game, but I, I'm not. I don't want to call me on that one. And then, of course, this is this is the stretch here, where to me and a lot of people, this is where we found out who the Bengals were. And what I mean by that is how they responded. They lose thirty-four, thirty-one to the Jets on the road at home, forty-one, sixteen to Cleveland. And then they go out, they have to buy, and then they just go out and, and, and molly, oh, sorry, that's not, but anyway, they go out and they, they take care of business against Vegas. They do what they got to do against Steelers again, sweep that, sweep that uh, season series, 41-10, the second game, 32-13 over the Vegas Raiders. They get a molly whop in there with the, with, the, with the Chargers. They lose a close game to the Niners. And then it's Win, win, win. You know, they don't play anyone in week 18, so you don't count that Browns game. And then it's it's all said and done for the playoffs. Look, they had the opportunity to go at Denver, and I'll say the opportunity, but they had the what people thought was going to happen, which was this team was going to go into Denver, lose this game because of the fact that they were not playing well. They just lost two in a row. You got Molly Wapped against the Chargers. San Francisco, I think, ran them out the building. They they won 26-23. They go to Denver and won 15-10 and then follow that up with a, with a something of the Ravens. So, look, they, they, they season-sweep the Ravens. They season-sweep the Steelers, right? And people are going to talk to you about the Ravens and how unhealthy they were. That's fine. That's cool. Let's see what's, what we got next year. We'll talk about that. And then, of course, they they lose to the Browns and of course week eighteen <clears throat> they they sat everyone week eighteen let's not act like they didn't and then of course you go into the playoffs and Vegas Tennessee Kansas City I can't stress enough the last two of course Vegas is Vegas now it's a tough game they needed to get over the thirty year hump getting their first victory they did they do that against Vegas who was a tough team but of course we all knew that what was going on with Vegas uh, throughout the entirety of the season so look. They get nine sacks. Joe Burrow wins the game. Kansas City, 21-3 at home, looking like the best thing since sliced bread like they always do, lose 
win the game, Joe Burrow. They win the they they lose the overtime coin toss, which everyone was very very persistent about them losing. If they lost, they were going to lose the game. They they break that curse. Um, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that this team is going to um, blow you out the water. I don't even think this game is going to be extremely um, high-powered offense. I think this will be um, a drive here, a drive there, and then some three and outs mixed in, another drive, another drive, some three and outs, a field goal, field goal, touchdown, and then Joe Burrow gets a game-winning drive there or, or not a game-winning drive, but maybe a game-clinching drive to go up you know, two scores there late. That's where I think this goes, um, but I think this is the reason why is because of Joe Burrow. Um, there is no reason why this offensive line should be able to stand up against this front four of the Los Angeles Rams. Um, there's no reasons why, you know, anyone should think that should happen. And it's probably not. But I have faith in Zach Taylor, uh, which isn't a lot, but I have even more faith in Joe Burrow. The chemistry he has already with Jamar Chase, what he's built up over the last two years with Higgins, Uzama, and Mixon, I think it's it's enough. And I'm not poo-pooing on what the Rams have. I'm not saying that the Rams can't get it done. And I'm not even saying that Matthew Stafford chokes, which is going to be the narrative if he's unable to get a game-winning drive. Uh, but I think this is the way it's going to go. And I think it's a 31-26-27 maybe-ish victory, uh, pulling it out there late, and a very entertaining Super Bowl uh, for all of America to watch, for everyone to get entertained with. And but what's the Rams' weakness on defense, right? What, what is the weakness that everybody thinks their defense has? I think that to me, this is a defense that is overperforming. Uh, everyone believes that they don't have that. Everybody is performing outside of their namesake. Free all the free agency that they've picked up, um, whether it be in the back end or or on the front line uh, with Hendrickson, with Hendrickson. A lot of people during the season said what? That the, the Rams defense wasn't what physical at all. They weren't physical. They were getting run on, they were getting bullied. I mm-hmm. think if 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 the Bengals can get a good running game going and and are successful running the ball, I I think they can do something with that. I mean look, they weren't successful in that first half against the Chiefs and they sticked at it. I mean look Mixon was not getting any 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 burn really, not burn. He wasn't getting any yards. He wasn't getting yards after contact or breaking through the, the holes. And second half, yeah. ending the game, what, what did we watch him do? Run through the hole ten yards, twelve yards, fifteen yards. Not all, not of course, not back to back to back, but they were you know ten yards here to get him in a good position, and then get him here, and then they need they, you know. You think it's a run? You think it's a pass play because of what they're doing? And boom, Mixon hits you for another twelve. So, look, they are a team that can get the game go. They have a running back, and whether in this offensive line, they are not bad at running the football. And of course, every offensive line would love to run the football over passing the football, obviously. So, of course, I just think that even if they do run the football successfully, even if offensively they are able to score. They're going to be put in a position with that Rams offense against that Bengals defense 
And I think the Bengals are good, but I just don't think they're going to be able to hold up. There's too many weapons. The way OBJ and Matthew Stafford have found a rhythm is, you know, something pretty cool to watch. And then, of course, you throw in Cup. So those, those things I think are going to be able to, you know, put up points. But, look, those those Bengals weapons are good, legit, and they can run the football with Joe Mixon. But when Joe Burrow needs to get a pass off or needs to get a first down, I 100% believe he will. And Because we are going to – a legacy is going to get started. Or some people are saying this, this, this Super Bowl ring can cement Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame, which is quite interesting. But we'll get into that another day. So this is – you know, Super Bowls are mm-hmm. legacy cementing. We know with great talents like Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers getting there early and never going back on winning or not, um, those guys, it's not as if it's going to be a, an all-the-time thing. Um, again, I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. New England has made NFL fans insensitive to how hard it is to win in the NFL. So just being able to get to one or win one in a 10-year span um, is, is a feat in and of itself. And I think that gets overlooked a lot because of the fact of the consistency of some of the other guys, and then, of course, the consistency of winning that New England has. So, look, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, they will get all the praise, they will get all the blame, whatever happens, how it goes. But if we're going to put this game into who we think is going to win, I'm just picking Joe Burrow and I'm picking the Bengals there. There's a lot to say. You know, we could say I think that I think they do get the run game going. Jamar Chase is a huge factor like he always is. Kicking Duzano back off the injury, he's actually a factor, not just a decoy. And, you know, they just they run rough shot over this defense um, because the defense thinks they can only have, they only have to rush four. And, again, that's, you know, that's the thing with anything else, with everything that goes on. If you make this Rams defense have to pressure you with five or six and they have to single-man coverage on the back end, after you get past the, the top guys they have, then can they cover a T. Higgins down the field? Or, uh, yeah, T. Higgins. Can they cover uh, 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 – H- is it Higby? No, not Higby. Um, Uzama down the field. Can mixing out the backfield get loose? So th- those – oh, I think I'm off here. Oh. Sorry about that. Hey, man, I don't hear shit, man. What's going on, man? Hey, Nacho, yeah? What's up? You there, Nacho? There we go. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I have my back. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 It did sound like you went oh. out for a second, though, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, now cool. I, I think I'm at it now. Yeah, now, <laughs> okay, now I'm, back. I'm good now. I got you. I was, uh, I got to, yeah, I'm muting the computer. I'm calling in on the phone, so we're seeing how this is going to work out. Um, the, 
The topic at hand, Shakes, thanks for welcome us for coming in. We were talking about the Super Bowl. Um, I was trying to fill the first hour with Super Bowl content, and then, of course, as people came in, I was going to let the, the, the brothers of the airways get, get, I'll get some questions for you guys about your beloved Giants. But as we get into this topic at hand, Cincinnati Bengals, technically, semantically hosting the Los Angeles Rams, even though it is the home field of the Los Angeles Rams, the way it works out this year, AFC home team Bengals hosting the Rams. We're just going to get into it. No sugarcoating it. Who you got, score, whatever, why, have it. It's all yours, Six. I say, man, the Rams deserve it, yeah. I'm back around a little ill right now. So. Uh, but, uh, all right. The Rams deserve it, man. The Bengals will be back, man. Uh, man, these are a lot of guys on the Rams that may not ever see this time or chance again. They deserve it, man. Everybody. I'm rooting for the Rams, y'all. Even though I wouldn't be mad if the Bengals and Young Bucks did it, though. And look, this is a this is a game, and I'm gonna step outside here. Give me a second. There you go. So look, yeah, this is going to be fun. I think I gave a lot of my comments and, and and things earlier, so people can have fun going back and listening to that. So look, it's the plain and simpleness I put out there was I believed in Joe Burrow, I believed in Joe Mixon, I believe in that team, and I think that this game is going to be. I don't want to say close, but close. I don't think it's going to be a three-point, two-point game at the end, but a close game, and everyone who watches football knows what I mean by that. Um, and I think Joe Burrow either, you know, it's a late-game touchdown to go up a, you know, four or five or possibly ten uh, to get out of reach there late in the game, and then they win their first one. Um, the qualities, or I want to say the qualities, but the, the, the attributes that you put to the Cincinnati Bengals, of this will, they will be back again. They have Matthew Stafford there, I think, for the next two to three years, maybe four. Uh, I, I fully anticipate the Los Angeles Rams possibly, we won't say making the Super Bowl. I, I think they can make two, easily two to three NFC Championship games in the next two years, meaning this last one and one to two more in a row. This team is set. This team is ready. They have foregone the draft. They have, you know, they are all in on these players. And if they are able to win, like you say, Shakes, I think this is a team uh, that can definitely get guys to come over a la Tampa Bay uh, for the Chief and try to win a Super Bowl. But I don't believe that happens. I think the Bengals, who also have that ability, uh, if they keep this young core, draft some good offensive linemen, or maybe pick up someone in free agency, sustain this, sustain this, and also protect that number one commodity they have in Joe Burrow, I think they can also be back as well, too. This, this is why this Super Bowl is so fun to me. I think because both these teams you can look at and say, maybe – Maybe, you know, you feel like Shakes and you don't think the Rams have the most opportune time, the biggest window as well, as big as the Bengals. But I do believe this in and of itself is, is, is what we all like to watch and we watch two teams that have opportunities in the future at least one more time to possibly meet again or meet someone else for the other conference. So for you, I'll ask you one quick question, Shakes. Um, you know, Rams, you think the Rams deserve it. So I, I, I you're picking the Rams. You think the Rams blow uh, blowout? You think this has the opportunity to become a blowout? Whether you do think the Rams win, or do you have any? You know, maybe you know Rams choke it up, and we see a Matthew Stafford play, and it isn't Detroit. 
Um, can you see a blowout either way, or is this going to be close for you as well? I'm hoping for a close game, and I want to shoot out and all that good shit. But what I'm thinking is going to be a massacre, man. Like, who can really block Aaron Donald? Who can really block Mom Miller? Like, it's a wreck. And you talk about chasing all of them, but my son Ramsey. My son Ramsey. I mean, the Raiders got answers for everything, baby. I'm just saying, man. I think it's going to be a massacre, but I'm hoping for a shootout. Look, I, 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 I 100% am with you. I think J-Rock was trying to get in there. You can interrupt any time you feel like it. Look at this, man. This is two teams that are stacked up when you look at look at that offense. Um, and then defensively, the Rams just, just started that. And, again, we talked about the Bengals playing above their their, their heads, their, their names this year. Um, look, nobody's going to sit here and say that they had the Bengals in the Super Bowl before the, before the playoffs started. Maybe somebody could say they had them in the AFC Championship game, but before the playoffs started, nobody really had this team winning the AFC Championship, going to the Super Bowl, and playing someone from the NFC. We all knew that this team was a lineman away from possibly making a deep run into the playoffs, that they were a, a, a defensive player, stud star away, you know, superstar Jalen Ramsey, a la Aaron Donald, a la type of player away, a guy that just wrecks a game for making a deep run. And we were all wrong because they got him. His name is Joe Burrow. Can I say this about the Bengals, though? Cause, Go ahead. Because Shake alluded to it. He said the Bengals would be back. But I don't know, man. The AFC, to me, in my opinion, has too many up-and-coming quarterbacks that can take their team all the way just like Joe Burrow did. I think it's easier for the Rams to make it back because the NFC doesn't have as many elite up-and-coming quarterbacks as the AFC. So I think it's going to be a lot harder for them to come back and do this again with all those quarterbacks that are in the AFC. Yes, and and look, this is what I was saying about the sensitivity or insensitivity to winning in the NFL. Now, again, we can all sit here and say we look at, and I think what we look at here when we say these teams are going to be back is that the trajectory of both these teams – and the fact that this, this L.A. team was just here a few years ago is that they're good and they're going to be good and that there's nothing in the near future without the, you know, you know, Joe Burrow getting hurt or something of that nature or, you know, God forbid, you know, Aaron Donald or something. So, look, without anything like that crazy happening, I'm not done with already, so nobody worries. Without anything like that happening, these two teams' trajectory is going to be the same and sustainable. And I think what what J-Rock brings up is a great point in the fact that it's not easy to win. One, because each conference isn't like. Now, people want to talk about the quarterbacks. That's fine and dandy, and that's cool. And, of course, we can all look at the names that the AFC has and the non-names that the NFC has or the names that the NFC is losing over the next couple of years. The NFC teams are better. Top to bottom, look at them. They're better. Both sides of the football, they have sustainable, reliable backups. Now, I'm not saying every AFC team isn't quality, but all of the NFC playoff teams are quality. And you looked at the AFC playoff teams, and there's a few in there 
that they're not quality. They were not up to snuff, and there was no real chance. Now, people don't like some of the teams, and we have our own personal beliefs, so we will never say that those teams have the ability to make runs in the playoffs. But from one to seven, from one to seven in the NFC, everyone had one strong case to make a Super Bowl run. Everybody. And in the AFC, there's only about three or four. I honestly believe that. And that's what, that, and that's what we get into. And you talk about being able to sustain this. The sustainability of the NFC teams compared to the AFC teams living and dying by their quarterback. We're going to watch teams in the AFC struggle to sustain that win, that word win, when it comes to the AFC championship game, when it comes to the Super Bowl, when it comes to things of that nature. There's going to be teams and times, and we're going to be like, whoa, what is going on? We're in year nine of Patrick Mahomes' contract, and he's only won one Super Bowl still. Lamar Jackson's won two by now. You know, those are the type of things that could be said over the course of the next six to seven years in the AFC. And in that time frame, Matthew Stafford has won three or four Super Bowls in L.A. because of what they've got over there. So, can you if you look at if, if Tennessee had a quarterback, are we talking about the Bengals right now? They do have a quarterback. They just don't have. If they had, if they had a good quarterback. <laughs> no, see, this is, why, this is why I look. They got a good quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. They don't got a guy. They do. They do. They're up against the guy. But they really love Tannehill. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, the thing oh. about it is they, they love him in Nashville. He's their type of guy. He's their type of quarterback. It's a tough to gut, uh, gutter and gritty that they like. That's what they want. So, Tannehill they is can't win for them. What it really is is Henry. They go as far as Henry takes them, bro. If that man is hurt, so are they. <laughs> exactly. Because they can't trust the quarterback. He makes them look – he makes Tannehill look good. If he's not there, Tannehill looks like Tannehill. And they but need, see, they need the, more than that. He, he did look like Tannehill. Hill. They still got the number one eight. Look, that's what's that's what we're ta- like. Shakes just said the Tennessee Titans go as Derrick Henry goes. Derrick Henry stopped playing week six, didn't come back to the playoffs, and they were the number one team in the AFC. So, our, the question comes: Is Tennessee that good, or is the AFC that wide open? And we saw that. This year, the they AFC got was that wide open. Sorry, go ahead. Their defense is underrated. They have an underrated defense that nobody's looking at. Look what they did to the Bengals. Nine sacks, and they still lost the game because the offense couldn't move the ball. I'm saying if they had an elite quarterback, if they had a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, or whoever, not a Ryan Tannehill, they could have made that leap this year. He's Jimmy Garoppolo of the AFC. Hmm. See, see, Jimmy Garoppolo made a Super Bowl and, what, two or three NFC championship appearances. So, like, if, again, 
the insensitivity to winning that New England has caused fans over the last two decades is a detriment to the game. Because if you're not winning a Super Bowl every one to two to three years, you're doing it wrong. And and nobody's done that. Like, teams have taken over decades, yes. We know the Steelers were in, what, the 70s. We know the teams of the 80s and 90s. And then New England just ran two decades. Like, that just never happens. So we got used to teams sustaining that. And the fact that their quarterback never changed, was willing to take pay cut after pay cut, was willing to bow down and realize he needed the help, did that for a multitude of 15 to 20 years, won six Super Bowls, nine Super Bowl appearances with one team. What was it, like 17 or 16 AFC championship appearances? Like, that stuff just doesn't happen. And, and we're watching Patrick Mahomes. If, if, we're, if we're grading on a scale and Josh Allen is going up, because of the the end of the year production, right? Patrick Mahomes is going down because of the end of the year production. Now the starting point was higher, right? But the expectation for Patrick Mahomes is to play in every Super Bowl and win them all, and he didn't even make it to this one. So now is Patrick Mahomes not a good quarterback? Is he a choker now? Because like. So this is this is where sustainability in the NFC or the AFC. You can consistently make the playoffs. You can consistently go to Super Bowls if you cheat. Just saying. <laughs> Say it again one more time. I said if you cheat, you can consistently make the playoffs. You can <laughs> consistently go to the go to the Super Bowl if you cheat. <laughs> Nobody finds out. It's not cheating unless they catch you. Everyone (laughs) wants to know the edge, and if you can get an edge. And, look, there's a 16-time world champion that told me, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I'll take the champion's (laughs) word for it. And I'll do this uh, disservice to sit here and say that, you know, the New England Patriots were without doubt in their victorious ways for the better part of 15 of those years. But the winning was there. And the flake gate, for what all the flake gate was, they still whooped the Colts by like 50 in that game. And and for what all the other things were, you know, look, man, you can't script 28 to 3 if you try in your entire life. In your entire life. Nobody in their right mind could script that. So... Those type of things you look at and you go, okay, the, the excuse was there, he did that. The excuse was there, he did that. You know, we forget about the run they had from, what, 05 to their next win. Or what was it? Or there was 03 to, like, 2014, I believe, right, until they beat the, 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 the Seahawks. They went on a drought. But they had already won two or three by that point, and they were showing up in what, two Super Bowls and in every single AFC Championship game. Go ahead, sorry. People were getting on to me, so they had to they had to straighten up. I'm telling you, bad. Belichick is the biggest cheater in the fucking world. Look, 
I'll, I'll tell you like this. Practices. You know, did you know? Did you know when Josh Mc? Um, what's his name? Josh. Uh, what's uh, Big Daniels. You were at. Josh McDaniels. When you, you know when he was the coach for the Denver Broncos, he got caught um, videotaping yes. another team's practice. So he he yeah, learned. Where did he learn that? Where did he learn that from? And he went back. Look, exactly. there's a reason. Look, there's a reason why they leave and they can't win. Now we're not talking about the ex players that have come out of there and now they're you know now they're out there with the Demico Lions and, and, and or not Demico Lions but. Rabel and those type of guys, and no, no, no. we're talking about the, the the coaches that are underneath them that just see how he wins. One, you can't just go to another spot and just assume that they're all for that. And two, exactly. trying to do it just the way you, he does it is is an art form. So, look, uh, we could get into an entire five to six hour session on the cheating that may or may not happen in the NFL. But the point of the the Patriots being brought up from whatever 2000 to 2021, 2220, is that that time frame has made a lot of fan bases feel that if you make it, that going back is just going to happen again. And, and this is just not the truth. And we all said it here multiple times. And whether you pick the Bengals or whether you pick the Rams, and I pick both, we all said that both these teams have the ability to make it back. Or we all said definitively they will make it back if you chose the Bengals or you chose the Rams. Oh, I, I'm choosing the Rams because Bengals going to make it back or vice versa, which is, which is fine. But, you know, Ben Roethlisberger – hasn't what, won a playoff game, I think, in, what, five years, hasn't been back to the Super Bowl in over a decade. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been back to the Super Bowl in over a decade. You, you know, the, there's a lot of teams that haven't even sniffed a playoff victory in over 20, 30 years, a lot of teams that haven't, you know, been – so let's let's – before we say these teams are just going to go back, let's realize how hard it is to go back. And for what it's worth, Patrick Mahomes was never supposed to lose. And he's lost two years in a row. So, and then, of course, the digression that I spoke of, not even being able to make it back this year, is interesting to talk about. But, E, are you with us? I saw you jumped in earlier. You called Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, and kind of snuck back out of there. You want to talk about this Bengals game and this L.A. Rams football game happening in SoFi here in about five days, or are you with us there, sir? Yo, bro, absolutely. Let me tell you something. First of all, peace to the gods, peace to the herbs, peace to Not Your Average Tuesdays, 914-205-5796 is the number to call in. Y'all know what time it is. Most dangerous show on the planet, hosted by the most dangerous host in the world. Yo, of course. Of course I want to talk about my children, Joe Burrows' Joe Mixes' and Odell Beckham's. You know what I want to talk about, Samaji P. Ryan, Jamar Chase's. Why wouldn't I want to talk about this? This is a Super Bowl for E. Matter of fact, we ain't even going to call it Super Bowl no more. We're going to call it the E-Bowl, you know what I'm saying, and the Shakes Bowl because he got some kids in there too. You know, but um, 
Yo, I'm excited about this game, man. First of all, shout-outs to you for giving the props to the Cincinnati Bengals that nobody saw earlier in the year. I just thought they was going to make the playoffs and sneak in there, you know. But you actually was like, once they got the full steam um, ahead going, you was like, yo, this team may be a team to make it to the AFC Championship. I don't know how your Super Bowl predictions win or not, but shout-outs to you, brother, for even bringing them up. One of my teams is there because I said the Rams and the Chiefs will be there. You know what I mean? So nah, it was close. I try to call them out, though. Yeah, I mean, I try to call them out for because <laughs> he, he was bringing them up, like, throughout the, like, the middle and the end of the right. season. He's just, like, blowing about them. And I'm like, all right. And at the end of the season, I'm like, all right, first you were a rotten one, of them, but all right, I see, I see what's up. You, you closet, you a little closet fan right now. So I'm like, how far you think they're gonna go then? And all that, and you like AFC champion. Right. I said, good God, everybody, you out your goddamn mind. <laughs> in my head. Right, and 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 don't <laughs> worry, no and, and I remember that fully, Nacho. I remember that fully, and he called me out and was like, Yo, E. We, we we know you're a closet Bengals fan. Your boys is over there. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm watching them, you know, because I ain't want to lose and say half of me in the crow. But I, I'm watching them, you know what I'm saying? So Shakes definitely did that, and shout-outs to you. But, yo, let me tell you something, man. I think this is the most exciting Super Bowl for all of us. As much as I want to talk about it for myself, I think it's the most exciting Super Bowl for all of us. One, I don't know many Rams fans. Two, I only know one Cincinnati fan in my whole entire life, and they're from Cincinnati. So it's not like somebody could be like, oh, yeah, what, um, the Rams this, or, yeah, look, Cincinnati. I think we're just <laughs> going to be able to be great fans of this game, and I think that's what you really want in this type of time. You know what I'm saying? We got a new coach, new GM, new coaches, all of those things. So we in a rebuild. That's cool. We'll get to that. But as far as excitement-wise, I think this game is going to come down to three things. I think I said it already, but I'll, re, you know, I'll rehash it. It's going to come down to the Bengals' offensive line against that Rams' defensive line. It's going to come down to Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey. It's going to come down to Odell Beckham and how much he wants to abuse Eli Apple. And we're not going to forget Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins because they got to deal with that too. When I think about three wide receivers versus three wide receivers, even though they don't play the same, you know, they don't play defense, I think this is the most evenly matched up team I've ever seen against offensive-wise. But here is going to be the difference. Can Cam Akers match up against Joe Mixon in the running game? And can Joe Mixon shake loose? against that Rams defensive front because Cam Akers ain't really facing that hardcore of a line, even though they're very underrated. You saw what they did to the Chiefs in the second half. Do not take that Bengals defense for granted. So this Super Bowl is so evenly matched up because they have one great cornerback over there as well in Cincinnati. You know what I'm saying? So – this is going to come down to quarterback play, turnovers, if Joe Burrow plays the game of his life, and if Matthew Stafford can hold his head. 
because we've all seen that great offense look ridiculous and bad at times because he makes ill decisions. Can he hold his head? Can he not get over anxious? Can he not try to go for it all in one play? Can he not force it to Cooper Cup? Because those are things that the Bengals will capitalize on. But this is my last thing on this. But Joe Burrow, he cannot take nine sacks in this game because he will get field position to an offense when it comes to the Rams, and they will blow them out. He cannot take nine sacks. And that is my analysis for the game in brief. But I am just so happy, bro, to see football. I don't know where you guys will be at, but I'll try to video you a little bit here and there. Did I have time show? I don't really care about, but I'm excited. Thanks for asking that question. Hey, can I ask Nacho a couple questions? Two questions, Nacho, real quick. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in the rumors that Aaron Rodgers could go to Denver Broncos? And the second question is, <laughs> how do you feel about it? I just want to know mm-hmm. how you feel. Um, the first question, uh, I, I think you already know how I feel about rumors. Um, Aaron Rodgers is already supposed to be on the Denver Broncos by now and the Niners by now, according to those rumors on last draft night. Um, so, of course, rumors are rumors. Those things are always fun, especially when you're OC. Um, and I think the wide receivers coach, might have been the tight ends, uh, get, you know, sh- taken away and go over there uh, to Denver. Um, that is all, you know, it, it, it's all fine and dandy. I think those things are fun. Um, how do I feel about uh, the situation? Uh, I think the the reports of Aaron Rodgers actually staying behind, having a closeout meeting, uh, staying a couple extra days to talk about the offense. Uh, and then, of course, with um, Mike Murphy, uh, Mark Murphy, sorry, the president, uh, in his, you know, I think it's a weekly, maybe monthly letter to the fans, He's done. He did something he hadn't done probably, you know, the whole time. Uh, vehemently and adamantly said that everybody's on the same page and we all want Aaron Rodgers back. So, I think more or less it comes down to the money. We all know that um, there's a there's a money situation in in, in Green Bay, um, not just uh, for paying a quarterback, but of course paying the number one wide receiver in all the NFL. So, you got to do that. You also got to lock up the quarterback. So we'll see how that works out and how much, you know, money people are willing to take or not take or whatever. Of course, franchise side is still there for Devontae. We'll see how that works out. But like I said, man, the rumors are, are, are a fickle thing. I think the, the greatest thing for me uh, as an, a Packers fan and as an Aaron Rodgers fan is that for the last 20 out of 21 weeks, Aaron Rodgers has told me, how he feels every week for 40, 45 an hour on a weekly YouTube show. So I think those things, when you get to listen to your quarterback speak, it, it does ease the situation. You know, you're like, you can understand one, and then you can also uh, know what's coming. So when he says he's not going to retire and, and, and come back, you believe it. Uh, when he says the decision will be made by the end of February, you believe it. Uh, you know, when he everything he's already said that he was going to do, he's done so far. Um, you just you just go, okay, well, gotta 
we'll wait. We'll wait till the end of February and see where this goes. So I, I fully anticipate two options. I don't. I, I think these are the two options for this year. Um, I think he plays for the Green Bay Packers, or I think he retires. Um, we are. We are. I don't think. I don't think those things happen. Um, I don't think uh, another team. I just at this point, listening to him and the way he talks about having a legacy of playing for one team, the way he talks about players that are you know, regarded as greats in their respective leagues and even his own league playing for the same team for the entirety of their career, uh, the way he talked about Ben Roethlisberger ending it this year, you can kind of get a sense of that's what he kind of wants to do. So whether it is the end by this year because of retirement or we get a couple more years, I just that's how I feel now. I'm just listening to him and uh, getting a feel for the way he's playing. Yeah. You're comfortable in the defense. You're comfortable in the offense. 
You're not comfortable with the offensive coordinator or the head coach and his offense he's running. You're comfortable with Joe Barry and the defense he's running. Pieces in general aren't like 20, 20 players aren't just going to leave. Yes, we're talking about possibly a back-to-back MVP and Aaron Rodgers, the possible number one, number two wide receiver in all the NFL. Those two pieces could possibly be gone. We know good and well a franchise tag is never going to let Devontae Adams walk next year. But, that, that yeah, so, yeah, are you – the question, are you prepared? Yes, you're always prepared when you're a Green Bay Packers fan for the future because your team's always prepared for the future. But without Aaron Rodgers, you know you're going to get turnovers. You know you're going to get late game – not late game heroics. You know, 37 seconds isn't going to be enough for Jordan Love. You know, those things are real. And as a fan, you go, okay, we – we understand for the better part of a decade, we are a 13, 12, 10 win team because of Aaron Rodgers most years. So you get that. But you also know that you're a division winner without him because of, like everyone else says, the division is so trash. Who's anybody's quarterback? All new head coaches, sprinkle them all around. No sustainability in any of those offenses or defenses, really. Teams falling apart. So you know the division's easily winnable even without them. So and you get, you know, used to it, or not used to it, but prepared for it somewhat. But nothing prepares you from going from basically never seeing your quarterback throw interceptions to knowing that the next guy's going to throw interceptions regardless. I mean, it does help that the guy before Aaron Rodgers threw like 7,000 interceptions in his career and Brett Favre. But I didn't grow up with that for sustainability, especially throughout my adulthood. So, yeah. No, and, of course, you like, look, we could call Aaron Rodgers a choker, but you're not asking me if I'm prepared for life without Aaron Rodgers if he's a choker. So it is what it is at this point. But, anyways, as we move on, I did want to get into. Thank you for um, answering my question. No, you're very much welcome. Um, we got everyone's pretty much brought, uh, opinion on the NFL Super Bowl, which will be kicking off 6:30 Sunday. Um, I don't know if we'll have a pregame or if we'll have anything going on on Sunday. That'll be interesting. When we may just talk to each uh, to each other uh, and and you know interact that way. Um, uh, with the halftime show being something the West Coast will covet, uh, um, we will all probably be out here watching it, uh, enjoying it, um, barbecuing out in the nice weather. So um, that will be probably mainly what I'll be doing Sunday. Um, but a team in East Rutherford, East Rutherford, New Jersey, just hired a new head coach, just hired a new general manager. Just hired a new defensive coordinator. And I believe they just hired somebody new on the tight ends. Yeah, Andy Bischoff. I don't know who that is. That just came up on the list. So it is what it is at this point. But, yes, hiring those people, moving forward, um, what it looks like to be um, with the, the current roster, uh, because, of course, season's not over yet. Transactions can't be done. We will start at the top here. Um, actually, we'll start at the 
at the bottom. Not, not no no pretentious to order of the callers, but either chosen one, sir. Um, there was a lot of talk. Uh, I did try to listen to yesterday's show. Sorry, one second here, got a call. I did listen to some of yesterday's show. There was a lot of talk about drafts and, and things of that nature. I didn't hear most of it, but free agency, uh, it will be a big factor for Joe Shone or oh, Shane. Um, sorry, I'm sure once he starts winning, I'll get his name right. Um, uh, the 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 way that you know he attacks free agency for the New York Giants, either chosen one. Um, do you want him to? bring in a bunch of high-priced, high-named people? Or is it fill up some spots, just get some quality depth around here, and try to make this team a winning team in the near future? How is your thoughts about free agency? Um, either chose one moving forward for the Giants and the new general manager, uh, Joe. Um, some people are going to be very, very disappointed in my answer. I have PT. GMD, post-traumatic general manager disappointment, okay? That's what I got. So I'm not going to put no expectations on this man. I'm not going to think about what he's going to do in free agency. I'm going to sit and watch because I have been so disappointed. The PTGMD, right, in the last 10 years, that I don't know what to do with myself. So if I set myself up for failure right now and give you a great answer, which Estradamus, that's what I call myself when I give answers, will mess up. I'm just, I want to see what's going on. I, like I said, I know that answer most people are like, what, E, you ain't going to answer? No. I'm too afraid to make myself look stupid again. And I've felt that way for 10 years in certain instances. Not all, of course, but certain instances. So the best I can say to answer the question without really putting too much in it is, please don't run out there and grab up high-priced free agents when we don't got that bread and do what the former GM has done to put me in this mindset of the monies built through the draft. I know free agents, free agency may be tempting. I'm not saying don't get one or nothing. I'm saying don't go out there thinking we need to grab grand prizes and make splashes. That's what got us here. Now there's no water in the pool. So please don't jump off the diving board with no water in the pool. At least let us fill the pool halfway up so we can get a semi-splash. Semi-splash, I'm okay with, but not too crazy. And once again, I apologize. I'm just going to wait and see what's going on because I got P-T-G-M-D. <laughs> of course, that is a not fun thing to have. J-Rock on the board for you. Now, look, there are some, some interesting names for the one position group. I believe everyone's going to be focused on DJ Humphrey, Jack Hawkins, Mitch Morris, Roger Soffold, JC Treader, Brandon Minder, Andrew Whitworth, Brian Bulaga, Rodney Hudson, Eric Flowers, Jordan Fant, and Connor McGovern, all free agents going into next year, all top, so to quote unquote, uh, offensive linemen, free agents, according to their tag numbers and things of that nature, um, uh, going into next year. Um, but you said free agency. 2022, or it would be 23, I guess. 
for the New York Giants, how would you like to see them address the needs? Again, high price free agents, try to take a splash and, you know, maybe make a, make a run at a Lombardi trophy or, you know, get some quality depth and, and, and try and build a sustainable winning franchise. He's over to me. Yeah, that was to you, J-Rock. Free agency looking forward for the Giants moving in. What should Joe be attacking, getting under his, his belt? Well, <clears throat> like he alluded to, we don't we just don't have the cap space to go after big-time free agency tickets like that. So I'm hoping he uh, fills some spots with some quality people. I mean, right now, I don't care what he does. This is going to he gets this team right. And he's going in the right direction. So, <clears throat> like a lot of people said, that's building for the draft. So, he's telling, I saw, I saw an article today. He said, I think he was talking about getting as many draft picks as possible, like as many turns as bad as possible. So, I mean, multiple draft picks. So, maybe he's going to do some willing to deal with as many draft picks as he can to solidify and get a core on his team. Core group of players. So I don't think we got that yet. So, that's what I'm looking so for. what do you say? So what do you say to the people that think that you can go start a get a core by getting an established young guy? Now the the cap, we've seen that the cap don't mean shit. These these guys can really, mm-hmm. if they want to. Move the cap to down the years, down the years, and then see, you know, utilize. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to push it down, down the road for. Cause fucking DJ, Dave Gettleman did that, and that's why we're in the situation we are in right now. So he doesn't want to do that. So he's gonna make a, a lot of hard decisions. A lot of people gonna get cut. That we don't think gonna get cut, but a lot of people gonna get cut. A lot of big names, big. Uh, High price free agent. Oh, sorry. No worries. But the the sorry, I was trying to bad in my brain. You got my audio right, my man. Yeah. My wife just came in the house. She saw she was all loud and shit. But um, <clears throat> what was that saying? Uh, he, that's not what uh, that's not what he wants to do. He doesn't want to sign high price free agents. He wants to. And then he kind of like that. I think got cut off there. Yeah, basically, he, he. I think he wants to build through the draft. That's why he's saying get as many yeah, turns yes, as yes. bad as possible. Yeah, he wants to build through draft the draft. I don't. I don't. I don't see him getting any high ticket free agents. Not this. Not this. Turn around. I don't think so. Maybe later on down down the road, maybe second year, third year. But this year, I don't see him doing that. One, because we don't have the money, and two, I don't, don't think he wants to go towards mm-hmm. that. He wants to build this and, and and groom these players. I think I think he has a good mind for his scouting. So I think he'll pick better players than what Dave Gelman did in his four years here. 
So I'm waiting to see what what, what he does and mm-hmm. who he picks and what kind of vision he has for this team. Look, exactly. Nobody wants to come in and, and, and grab a bunch of players from a bunch of other teams that other GMs and coaches groomed and just pay them off and then think that, you know, hey, look, this is they want to they want to do their own thing, especially when you come from uh, where you, where he's come from. Uh, the 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 free agency thing and the trade down is a really interesting situation, especially with the cap, because the inability right now, I think, for the Giants to sign. If they stayed pat with every draft pick and they picked a player at every pick, I don't believe they have the ability to sign every single player. Now, of course, they will be able to sign the top-end players because those guys, those contracts are set in stone. But, look, that's, 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 a, that's a cap problem. But I think the interesting thing is, is, you know, it's a lot of picks to get up to where the Giants are right now. If you want to get up to five, if you want to get up to seven, it's not cheap. And getting all those picks to move back, um, especially if, if you are if you are a smart man, uh, if Joe can draft and continue to draft the way that Bean did, um, those things are going to be uh, – those things are going to come in hand. So, shakes, my friend, sir. Free agency for Joe moving into it. How would you like him to and who would you like him to address if there is any need of free agency? Again, if you want to take the cap situation in, 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 in hand, that is that is cool too. But your thoughts on Joe and how he should or should not attack free agency? Jake, so let me say this. He, he wants to clear $40 million in cap oh, space. $40 million. Right now, you're, you're mm-hmm. negative 10. Right, 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 you're negative 10 million. So he wants to clear 40 million. That's a lot of hard decisions. A lot of people are going to get cut. And I don't think I don't think he's going to restructure contracts like a lot of people think he is. He's going to just flat out cut people. Mm-hmm. So. Right now. Yeah, so uh, 2022 NFL salary cap is set to be $208.2 million. Um, per the NFLPA public cap report, the Giants have negative 13.991 in space. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God, I am so sorry. The Giants have $13,991 in cap space right now. Um as we move into the new year, look, let me find, I'm trying to find this out. But as I look for these informations on that things of that nature, for the right now, to be, new year hasn't started yet. So that's a, as of right now. Once the new year starts, then you're going to see the neg- negative. Perfect. Check, sir. Free yeah. Agency. Joe, which way do you want him to go? Yeah, to answer your question, um, just – Get a great guard and um, a lot of death, you know, just some little cheap guys. And, of course, go after Obama. That's that's my agenda for the GM. That's what I want and I need. If he don't get that done for me, he's not my guy. Mm-hmm. 
Look, and I think the 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 interesting thing that was brought up was the cap situation, and as it sits now, it's not a good one. But moving forward, Kyle Rudolph saves money. Looking through this list, Riley Dixon saves money. James Badbury saves money. Right, so th- these guys all save money. And when I said those names, if any gentleman that's on this line right now wants to raise their hand and say, we cannot get rid of anyone that I just said, speak now or forever hold your peace. I mean, so look, Blueberry shouldn't go nowhere, but he definitely got to get that money touched. See, look, that's where that's where it's going to be an interesting conversation because if somebody like Bradbury feels that I don't care, cut me, I still have whatever money I have coming to me and I will be able to make another team and still get paid what I think I'm going to get paid, that's what the issue is. I see, see, this is what I believe a lot of the times when people go, yeah, they're not going to take a team-friendly deal. I think they just know what their worth is as a player and – it's not as if I'm not taking a team-friendly deal. I'm just getting my worth. And I think a lot of players, regardless of if they, they love the team or their team guys, that's the way you're gonna, that's the way they're going to go about it. So, again, I think you, you have to approach Bradbury, and you, like you said, the money got to get touched. You got to go, hey, you trying, trying to stay around or are you not? Because I think that's the question. It's not are you trying to take less money or not. Pretty much. Are you trying to stay around or not? Yeah, at the much. end of the day, there's that. But again, those are those are just three the potential top casualties. There's a lot of money wrapped up in those that you can get uh, back. You know, not, not a lot of dead space. But then there are other suggestions, other things, trading players, dropping players. Now, um, those things all come up to fruition, and you're going to have a few weeks there um, that I think we're going to see. When people talk, when I talked about a team trying to change what they're doing, and we talk, and we we listed off a multitude of teams, starting with Seattle and San Francisco, and I think they're all mostly all NFC West teams. But you know, Sean McVay's team, and then and then also Arizona. When we talked about Tennessee, when Babel got there, and the turnover from when a new regime takes over, and we see a massive turnover, and then you know actual competition and being in games and then actually winning those games. This is what we're going to see. I think John Chan's got to get you not used to anybody. Like, I don't think there's anybody on this team as much as anybody wants to, to think. Nobody on this team is safe from being cut, traded, or just, you know, left behind. Is this, this team will look different March to April, of course, obviously this draft, but the substantial difference it'll look. You know, we're not talking 16, 25, 30 transactions. We're talking triple digits. I see at least 150, 200 possibly transactional moves that Joe's going to make from today until the start of the next year's season because that's what you have to do to change what is a losing culture into a winning culture, and then, of course, fix the cap situation. So um, my thoughts for Giants free agency 
is they're staying far away from free agency like everyone else is moving to. The cap situation is too dire to try to go out and try to make a big splash or make a big move or try to overpay and reach for someone. It is play close to the vest, maybe even not sign anyone in free agency, try to make this money back, and if need be, I'll trade one of those top two picks so I can get some, some, some equity in the NFL draft in a couple months. So, to me, a multitude of moves for Joe Shane in the next coming months as it pertains to starters on down, um, and those things will happen uh, quickly, and there won't be a lot of headway and, and a lot of things. I think this, this is the change that I think the Giants need. And, of course, a lot of talk can be made, things can be said, but – you can say all the things you want in press conferences. We already know. We don't sign the trader. So it doesn't matter what any GM, any coach says in a press conference, their actions will always speak louder and not necessarily meet their words in that press conference. So, look, I anticipate a complete overhaul, and I honestly do not expect the New York Giants to have two draft picks in the first round. Um, or not in the first round, but in the first 10, I do anticipate them training one of those back to help them with cap situation as well as give more picks for Joe to try to shine and get more draft, um, like I said, draft equity in this in this current draft. So um, we did talk a lot about free agency. We talked a little bit about the cap situation, a little bit about players being cut, um, Let's just, you know, we got about 20 minutes of live content. Uh, we, we won't go too far into um, the recorded session unless this, this conversation gets a little heated or diabolical, as I like to say sometimes. Um, the most important position in all the NFL is definitely not the running back position. It is the quarterback position. Um, I mean, shoot, we won't even, you know, I don't even know why I'm, that said running back, I could have said wide receiver. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, the quarterback is the most important. We're seeing that on display right now in the Super Bowl. A team with four wins last year has 10, and with a quarterback there in the Super Bowl, another one spent 13 years in Detroit, couldn't sniff a playoff win, and is throwing clutch plays to beat the GOAT in divisional rounds and going in the, against divisional foes in the championship. And, you know, just scoring 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter and going to the Super Bowl because he's trash. That's what I heard about Matthew Stafford. So, good quarterbacks make the world go round in the NFL. If that's the case, we all know Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. There's no arguing. There's no debate. We're not going to sit here and talk about offensive schemes or, you know, offensive coordinators and guys who don't know what they're doing and this and No, it's just not good. Plain point blank, serious, whatever. Should Joe Shane address the quarterback position this year? And that means spending one of those top two, top five, ten picks on a quarterback? Or should he wait and try to build a team in the affirmation sense of getting an offensive line and this and that? Now, again, a lot of people, I think the main argument will be, well, if you love someone, go get it. If that's your guy, you go and get your guy. Uh, that's true, but, you know, not everyone gets to stink it up like the Bengals and have the opportunity to get Joe Burrow every year. At the fifth pick, 
at the seven pick, um, you know, who knows how the quarterback system goes and, and things of that nature. So quarterback position, most important in all of NFL. We talk about the week in and week out. We talk about the guys who can't get it done, the guys who can. If the New York Giants start the 2023 season with Daniel Jones at quarterback, will you believe this team is moving in the right direction? I'm going to start off with shakes. The question again at hand is not what happens between then and there, not who gets drafted, not, no, 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 no. Week one, trotting out in his blue jersey, Daniel Jones is the starting quarterback with no trepidations at all. Is the New York Giants moving in the right direction? Chicks, you are first. I think you're muted, Chicks. Yeah, I was. You did you ask me something? Yes, yes. I, I went on a whole diatribe about quarterbacks and, and things of that nature, and I just wanted to get your opinion as if this team in the New York Football Giants trots out Daniel Jones as its starting quarterback week one. Would you feel that this team is trending in the right direction if that's the case? Oh, not even watching. I told you I'm going on strike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not even gonna watch that shit. <laughs> Plain and simple. I can't watch that. <laughs> I can't watch that no more. That's terrible. I can't endure that no more, man. J Rock. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I'm say no, man. If he's truly looking at what we've seen in the past three years, and he's saying we can win with that, I don't, I don't know. What I've seen, I haven't seen. Oh, you know. We are. Right. We, oh, you regardless, know. Regardless, and, and you regardless know we can. of what the team, we can't. But regardless of what the team is around you, because that's what everybody's going to harp on. He didn't have this. He didn't have that. Injuries, all this other bullshit. When you look at a fucking franchise quarterback, you look for certain traits. Can he do this? Can he do that? Can he lead his team back in the fourth quarter? Can he? You know what I'm saying? I didn't. I didn't. I rarely saw those traits in him. So, nah, I don't. If, if he if he rolls with him, he's he's not he's not going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. The the one word that I think gets lost in the shuffle or doesn't get brought up enough when people talk about franchise quarterbacks is consistency. I think a lot of people get placed as a franchise quarterback before the consistency is actually set in. Um, and, of course, there are the guys that you just know. You know, they take a four-win team the previous year and take them in the Super Bowl. The guys are just guys. You know what a quarterback is. He's a chosen one, sir. If this team does what it does, needs to do what it does, has the greatest offseason of offseasons, and it looks like this team is raring to go, but, of course, Daniel, quarter, Daniel Jones is the quarterback. You believe this team will be trending in the right direction? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you why. Because if he is what we all think he's going to be, guess what? He's going to lead us to the promised land. And sometimes it's not about making it to the playoffs or winning games. 
Sometimes it's about being who you're going to be so you can allow the right person to come in there. So, yeah, Daniel Jones, hey, let's go. Because guess what? Like I said, if he is who we think he is, or what everybody projects him to be, which is a bum, stiggity, yeah, 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 he's going to put you in position so you have no choice but to fix the, fix the position of quarterback by drafting somebody or getting somebody so you can win. People look at the things of Ryan Tannehill. People look at the things of Jimmy Garoppolo. People look at the things that Matthew Stafford had to go through, even though he might have been a better quarterback than his supporting cast. But they look at these things when you get to the playoffs now, especially in an offensive-minded NFL that we have. People look at these quarterback positions. You feel me? You look at a Herbert you know you can win. You look at an Allen, you know you can win. You look at a Matt Jones, you know you can win. You look at a Joe Burrow, you know you can win. A Lamar Jackson, you know you can win. Look at all of these guys that I'm naming that are just in the AFC alone. I didn't even name anybody in the NFC. You look at these guys and you know you can win. So, therefore, at some point, the examination does not have to be crossed. It has to be self. Do you say so that when you, look at, when you look at Daniel Jones? Do you say that same thing? You talking about two? What? You talking about second and third? I I know I can win. I know we can win with him. Do you say that when you look at Daniel Jones? No, I don't say nothing about when I see That's not his point. Let me help. Let me help. <laughs> let me help you. What you trying to say is? I'm just bringing up that question. No, no, I feel you. And I believe that you understand. But for the people that is a little confused in what he's saying is, is what he's saying is. With Daniel Jones as our quarterback in this upcoming season, we should have the number one or number two overall pick in the draft next year. That is what he's saying. We'll get our guy. That's exactly So, again, right, if you could, everybody think about it, right? If I was to take a poll and I would say, yo, how many people believe we can win with Daniel Jones? That poll would be, 15 to 20%, 80% of the people in that poll would be like, he's not the guy. So guess what? If 80% of the people are right, you have an 80% chance of getting the guy you can actually win with. So to answer Nacho's question, yes, we are trending up. Yes. And see, that's the interesting thing with the quarterback position. I think it's a little bit better. As much as we all like to I say, think, go ahead, JR, sorry. I, I think that would be a little more even than 30, 30 to 20%. I think it would be 50-50. If you look at the heartbeat of these Giants, you got half the Giants who don't think this kid is shit, and you got half the Giants who think this kid is a franchise quarterback. I'm going to keep it real with you. Again, you, got, Whoever, you got let, me, let me say this to the people who think that. If you think Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback, I want you to put the same gun to your head <laughs> that he should be using if he thought he was a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. The same one. Don't let it go nowhere. Put, kick it up right off the ground and use it on yourself. Please understand the word franchise quarterback. I broke that down. Nacho also did a piece on that. That is not what we're doing. We are not again, doing that. 
again, the, the, the whole franchise quarterback issue is something that has been brought to light recently and also that I've been, I've been brought in and maybe opened eyes a little more is how do you define that? And, and how do you – how are we all going to – because, look, Ryan Tannehill can be a franchise quarterback. If you define that being a franchise quarterback is giving you the opportunity to play in playoff games and then also hopefully play in a Super Bowl. That, if that's your definition of a franchise quarterback, there is a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean out of the 32 starting quarterbacks, there's probably 15 to 20 quarterbacks that fall under that definition that give you opportunities to win, could possibly get you to the playoffs, and can, can have maybe get you to the Super Bowl. Now, if your definition of a franchise quarterback is you have to be a Super Bowl winner, or we have to just see the fact that regardless of what's going on, this guy is that guy, there's not very many of those. All those great names that you mentioned up, only one of them has seen the Super Bowl. So, like, are those guys franchise quarterbacks? Herbert didn't even sniff the playoffs, but we already given him the guy. So those type of things are interesting because we all love these few catchphrases, you know, I go by the eye test. I go by stats and sacks. I am going to pull up this video to show you something. Of a man's 15-year career, I'm going to chop it down to 10 seconds, by the way. Uh, this is what we do when we take video clips and we try to rationalize an entire person's career over 15 seconds or a minute. It's just so hard and, and degrading. But anyway. Those type of things are really interesting, and I really want to get a, a gist of how how people, especially on this line, since we're here, does a franchise quarterback have to win you a Super Bowl, or do they just have to give you the opportunity? Because I think we all can sit here and say, look, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, we'll name off every AFC quarterback, we'll name off the back-to-back MVP, the guy Matthew Stafford playing in the Super Bowl, name off those quarterbacks. Those guys are guys, they're franchise quarterbacks or whatever, right? But nobody's going to – I rattled off a bunch of names and nobody interrupted me and said Ryan Tennant. Nobody interrupted me and said Jimmy Garoppolo, who's seen two NFC championship games and a Super Bowl in the last four or five years. Nobody interrupted me and said, you know, another name of a team that has been winning but not being able to win a Super Bowl, which speaks volumes as the franchise quarterback, have to win you Super Bowls, have to give you the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And for whatever reason, a guy who's never played in a playoff game, people think Justin Herbert can get you a Super Bowl. A man who has not consistently won in the Super Bowl in the, in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson can get you a Super Bowl. Has Lamar Jackson even sniffed an AFC Championship game? But those guys are already franchise quarterbacks. Why? I will leave it at that, and we'll start with Shakes. Don't start with me. That's a good question. <laughs> I want to <laughs> Good question. I want to hear everybody else. What's going on? Hey, look, I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll go, man. Look. Yeah. Can I Brad, say it? Can I say it? Go that? ahead, Rock. Go ahead. Um, No. You can have a franchise quarterback and not go to the Super Bowl. I mean, there could be other circumstances 
You think I have a bad defense? He don't have a he don't have a weapon. But there's other circumstances to where to why a team doesn't go to the Super Bowl even though even though they have a franchise quarterback. Dan Marino only went to one Super Bowl. Right. Never went back again. And you can't say he's not a franchise quarterback. Right, right, Hall of Famer. But here's my let me let me exactly. ask you a question. Or what what you saying though? Just to piggyback what you saying though. So I can get a clearance for everybody else. What is a franchise quarterback? Like define that in J Rock's words. What is a franchise quarterback? Exactly. That's that, that's the point of the argument here. And I think that's and I'm not trying to say Daniel Jones is or is not a franchise quarterback. That is for all of us to debate on a great show called Debate Wednesday. But the question at hand is, if you believe that you're moving forward in the right direction with, you know, or not without Daniel Jones, regardless, moving forward in the right direction means that you are not picking in the top 10 next year. That regardless of the QB situation, which is what this is. This is why I get a lot of flack because people keep, and it happened today about the preparation to be without Aaron Rodgers. The entirety of my fandom for the last twenty years has seen a sustainable franchise with players all around. Now, sometimes I will, you will hear me gripe about coaching, and I'll gripe about players not playing, and of course, we have the horrible years of the worst defenses in 2010 and 2011 and all that great shit, but sustainable winning is what I've been through. Now, whether it was Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, everyone's going to look and go, it's because you had the quarterback. It's because you had the quarterback. It's because we had the quarterbacks who were winning division titles and showing up at NFC Championship games every other year. And I think that's the difference that a franchise quarterback will give you. They will bring you division titles because your division can't beat them. And they will bring you playoff victories and chances to either play in the Super Bowl or play in a Super Bowl. Those are franchise quarterbacks to me. Exactly. Now, if we're going to talk about – Let me say this real quick. A quarterback who can excel regardless of the skill level or talent around them, who actually – makes the skill level and talent around him better, even if the skill level and talent is, isn't what everybody thinks it should be. A franchise quarterback can do that. A franchise, a franchise quarterback is consistently trying to win, get you in in the situation where you know if the football is in his hands, they have a chance of winning. Not a lot of quarterbacks you can say that with. No, no, and that's a great point, and and um, I think I do agree with you. But let me ask you a question on that, though, and I'm sorry if I'm taking over real quick. But Carson Palmer, was he a franchise quarterback? Mm-hmm. Yes, Carson Palmer. Yeah, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer won the division, and then in, promptly in the first game of the playoffs, they Brady that dude's knee, and he never was the same. Physically, that team did win again, and he left, went to Arizona, and promptly took that team to the playoffs again. So that's a franchise quarterback. To me, 
I agree. That, I, I just wanted to know what J Rock's eyes did. Did he thought that Carlson Palmer was a franchise quarterback? J Rock? I'm trying to think about his career, man. It's been so long. It has been a little while. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Nacho brought that up about his knee because, yes, I do remember him being that dude in in, the, in Cincinnati before he, before that knee injury. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, he, he had, like, like 2,000-yard receivers and shit, like in um, Chad Johnson and Husman Zada. And, I mean... Look, no, no disrespect to those guys; they were great receivers. But I'm saying though, like you gotta be, you gotta be that to get them both into a thousand yards. You know what I'm saying? Same season. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To sustain the sixty percent completion percentage throughout his career, um, over four thousand a few times, uh, thirty touchdowns a few times. You know, a few a few years with under under ten touchdowns, under ten interceptions. So, like, look, this is a guy who played for three different teams, seven years in Cincinnati, took him to the playoffs, and then, like I said, he got hurt. Um, didn't didn't he? Did he? Hold on. One second here. I'm checking something else. Yeah, he was he was fifth in MVP votes. In 2005, he was fifth in MVP vote. That was the year Sean Alexander won. And then Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Tiki Barber, and Carson Palmer all got MVP votes that year. So, look, yes. I, I don't know. MVP candidates go to the playoffs. That's that's all you could ask for. Now, I, I don't want to get to – we got about 15 seconds, so we're going to get into this recorded session because I do have questions about the quarterback position that we're going to get – into some more stuff so you can listen live um, later after this, you know, comes out. But look, Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 